All right, let's do it. Making plans with the boys. I'm going to hit the town. Yeah, I'm going to make some noise. I'll push past the pain and my wounded pride. I'm going to live it up. Yeah, stay out all night. But sure, I've had some better times. And I can't count all the tears I can Do you ever wonder what a Gen X thinks? Welcome to the Gen X Talks podcast. I'm here with Gen X Dad. Say hi. Oh, hello. We didn't even, we didn't do the echo that time. No, we didn't. Oh, and, and we also don't have Gen X Mom. Yeah. You know, strange podcast, man. <laughs> strange times we live in, man. No reverb and no women. <laughs> <laughs> baseline for if your world is strange, if you're stuck in a zombie apocalypse, that's not weird. So, yeah, that's your baseline. you got to yeah. determine uh, what's going on. If you don't have any reverb, reverb in your life and there's no women, you're in trouble. That's strange. Strange times indeed. Okay, so I thought, um, being that Gen X Mom is not part of today's deal, I thought maybe we could talk about uh, NBA stuff. Although Mom's, mom's into the NBA yeah. stuff. She's placing bets, uh, cheering teams on. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's not... Gonna, I don't think she's going to be as interested in talking random back stuff like we do. Yeah. So, uh, first, let's talk about the playoffs. They're over, and the uh, Bucks won. I thought that the Nets were going to – I thought that the Nets were going to go all the way when yeah. the playoffs started. When the season started, I didn't have a guess. I couldn't make a definitive, like, 90% they're going to win. Well, That's what you, made the playoffs so interesting. If you could have, you could have been a bookmaker in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what made the playoffs so interesting this year. There weren't many super teams. It was just the Nets. Yeah. And then the final four teams, the Hawks, the Bucks, the Suns, and the Clippers. I would have never thought those guys would have been the final four. Yeah, me neither. It wasn't on Maybe my the radar. Maybe the Bucks. Probably the Bucks. See, I didn't see that. I did not see the Bucks doing this. I did not see them going they all were, the way. They were the one seed last year. And they were the, I think they were the two seed. Honestly, I didn't see anybody beating the Nets with their starting five. Mm-hmm. I just went, no, you, they're, no, they're, they're going to take it. But their core three never played together that much. Yeah. If you look back at it, I think they played eight regular season games together. It was ridiculous. Yeah. They also, um, that final four I was talking about, yeah. Bucks, Hawks, blah, Clippers, and Clippers Suns. and Suns. I almost said Celtics. Um, those four teams haven't won a championship either ever or in over 50 years. 40 some years, years, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I you know when you look real quick cuz you touched on it, you brought up that the the Nets hadn't played together and they kind of threw players out there like okay, you two play this game and then you guys play this. Now, we'll have all three of you play here. That reminded me of how the Dodgers were playing, you know, two seasons ago when they're like, okay, we have all these great hitters. We actually don't have enough positions on the field for everyone to get in a bat, to everyone to play, you know? So they would skip people around and like, okay, you three this time. You can't, you need, you need guys to get mm-hmm. in the rhythm of the game. They got to play. They got to get some at-bats. You can't just put them in and go, okay, I know you've only played two at-bats in the last three weeks, but go get a home run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Yeah. That kind of reminds me what the Nets did. It's like, okay, you guys are all superstars, and we know you, we haven't really given you much time to gel, but go win. Yeah, they still did great. 
you know, if Katie's shoe was a little bit smaller, they could have. <laughs> Are you back to that where his foot was on the line? Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. On the line. On the line. Over the line, Smokey. Over, over the line. Am I the only one who cares about the rules? <laughs> uh, yeah, they were, gonna, they were going to let KD get away with that till Walter Shilchek jumped up from the stands yeah. with a pistol and demanded that the over the line was called. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh. size 18 shoe. You know, his shoe size is five sizes bigger than me. Holy shit. That's ginormous. You know, I know you and I have talked about something else with KD and others, but I was kind of going through some highlights I don't know, the other night I couldn't sleep, so I'm bumping around YouTube doing some stuff. And, I, I, you know, you've heard me talk about how smooth I think KD is when he handles the ball. Mm-hmm. He just looks smooth. And I was watching some old Jordan clips, him bringing the ball down, doing some stuff, not, not racing down the court, but moving the ball. Mm-hmm. And I thought, God, he just looks like, it almost looks like the ball is a yo-yo on the end of a string. It comes right back to his hand. It just looks smooth. You know who you know who didn't look smooth to me. Who I looked and I played a few clips and I went, "Wow, that's and this is gonna." I'm gonna get some hate from the crowd. What? Magic Johnson did not look like he was holding on to that ball very well. I know, I know he's not oh. the king of loose balls and he doesn't give a lot of turnovers. But I looked at that and go, "God, are you you okay, buddy? You having a little trouble bouncing that ball?" It did <laughs> not look as smooth as like KD and Jordan. I didn't go into Curry. And all those other guys. I didn't do that. Yeah. But. You should have uh, went to Luka Doncic. Really? Yeah. I I don't know. He doesn't. It's just. I don't know how to describe it. It's weird. It's like an in-between of smooth and not very smooth. <laughs> it's like if you put a ton of unsmooth things together and then it makes it smooth. You know, it's isn't it weird how you can look at statistics all day long and people will tell you something like, well, this, 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 and you, and you look, and you're thinking in your head, shaking your head, going, you know, I was there, okay? I watched him play. It, I see the points. <laughs> I see the stats, but, boy, he didn't look that way. You know, it, just, yeah. it looked a little awkward. And that's how I feel about looking at Magic. I mean, I watched Magic play, but right now I'm looking back with a different eyeball, and I'm going, I don't, it just looked like he had trouble coming down the court with the ball, not like, not like KD, not like MJ. Mm. And he's great. I mean, I love him, but just didn't look the same. One thing uh, from Luka Doncic. Luka yeah. Doncic won Euro League MVP at 18 or 16. I think it was 16. In the Euro League? Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. He says his rookie year, he said it's easier to score in the NBA than the Euro League. No. Serious? Yeah. I think it's because of all the rules and everything. Well, don't get me started on the fucking rules. I'll tell yeah, you. I don't want to get started on that either because you, know, you just are in denial at all It's times. not denial. They Literally, you can't take three steps. The only guy in the league who could take three steps and get away with it was Carl Malone. That was it. Now, everyone takes three steps, and you tell me it's called a Euro step or a... a zero step. A Euro step is a move. Okay, then what do you? Then how do they get away with? Tell me, you tell me. In today's NBA, how the fuck do they get away with uh, all those steps going so in? So, he as he's picking up the ball, he takes a step. He's gathering it. Okay, a person, right? Yes. Okay, it's a zero step because it's not really a step without the ball because it's in between a dribble and a pickup. Okay. Okay, so kinda. then he t- takes one more step, then he takes another, and then. Okay, but see, when, when, when the rules a long time ago is like if you're that, that, that one step you're talking about while you're gathering the ball, 
That was your step. If you're not dribbling, that's your step. Well, people... Well, look, it's not... How do I think about this? So a zero step... Well, I need to adjust my mic. Yeah. So a zero step would be as if I'm picking up the ball. I don't already have it in both of my hands. It's kind of like, you know, the in-between where you're bringing... Yeah. Say you're dribbling with your right hand. You're bringing right. your left hand over, and you're kind of putting sure. your palm on the side of the ball. That's the zero step. Now, what really gets people is how it's really hard to tell with your eyeball really fast how far in are they into their zero step. Okay, and then add to that, my view is they're taking such big steps. It's really obvious. It's not like he gathered it up and just put his foot down. It's like, well, I'm gathering the ball and my foot went, no, 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 no. That dude's gathering the ball for his zero step and he's, it's, it, he, he's, he's moved his foot four feet towards the basket. I mean, these are big mm-hmm. steps. They're, it's pretty obvious when Giannis you look at that. can take... If he's running full speed, I think if he does his zero step right at the three-point line, top of the key, he can almost dunk the ball after his two steps. That's incredible. He just goes by people, and he uses a euro step, which is like my first step is to the right. Yeah. And then I just put all my weight on my right foot and go the other way, land on my second foot. So it's like... Okay, you remember that play in last night's game that I kept telling you he... He did some one, he did a zero step, he did two steps and spun, and then took two more. They played that again afterwards, and mm-hmm. he did exactly what I said. Now, maybe I'm accusing him of doing it all the time, and that was just this once, but that one time, he dribbles the ball down, gathers one step, takes a, a left, took a right, and spun off of his right around to more baseline, and then landed <laughs> one, two, and then shot. I'm like, okay, oh, that's, that's probably five fucking steps, man. Have you seen Shaq? Even, even Carl Malone's going, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Shaq and the Fool? Yeah, some of those, yeah. I love their travel montages, especially Car- Carmelo Anthony, because he, he, he used to have what I used to have, you know, where I'd stutter step before I shoot? Uh-huh, yeah. He did that. <laughs> he does that sometimes, and it's the funniest because they have a little counter above his head. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight, nine. And the most I've ever seen that was an uncalled travel from Shaq and the Fool was 14 steps. No, that it, can't be right. He was posted. And who did it? it who? I forgot who it was, oh. but somebody was posted up at the top of the key, and he wasn't on his pivot foot. He was just moving his pivot foot in between each foot, yeah. and then he took two steps and threw the ball. And it's like, what? <laughs> you know how last night I told you, you, you left the room for something, and I go, and they called Giannis or the travel. And you came back and I go, oh, they got him on a travel. They finally got him on a travel. You know, you never asked me what he was doing. You never said. What do you say? What do you do? <laughs> oh, now you're going to ask? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to make fun of you last night. Like, oh, see, they finally got him. <laughs> they tore him down. That fucking Jonathan. They got him. They got him on a travel. And I was hoping you wouldn't ask. Like, oh, okay, well, what, what did he do? Because I didn't want to tell you. Now the game's over. <laughs> they inbound the ball. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, for, you know, uh, inbound after the basket was made. Yeah. And so they throw it to Giannis, and he's maybe top of the key walking down the court, and he's letting the ball bounce next to him he's, so the clock won't start. Yeah. And then he picks it up and switches hands and then bounces it. And in between the switched hands, it kind of took two steps. <laughs> and they call him for traveling. He turned around and goes, what? And he goes, you, you traveled. And he goes, I, I just picked up the ball and started bouncing. He goes, no, you picked up the ball and switched hands. He's like, Okay, that's a travel. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like all the a, stuff he does all, and then, then That's right. That's and he gets called on that one. That was funny. So, yeah, the I don't 
I don't get now. This is another topic you and I argue about all the time. And I mean, we go rounds with this one. I mean, yeah. when we're done, we, we both have bloody noses and black eyes. You're, yeah. It's the flop. Okay. Okay, look. So there are some players. I find it as some players are just adapting. Okay. Now listen to me. Hear me out. All right. There are players. Hear me speak. People of the good ship, hear me speak. <laughs> there are players. Not going to name who. <laughs> um, that <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> Just go ahead. I'm, I'm so listening. What they do is whenever flopping started to come around, yeah. they would intentionally fake and get a foul. Okay. And stop right there. When you said when flopping comes around. So this is a thing that became more predominant. Like it's, this yeah. hasn't always been a thing. This is like, now I'm, I'm asking, I'm asking. Yes. This is the thing where like, oh, uh, boy, if I flop, I'm. I'm getting the calls my way. That's right, right? And yes. it started that that's how it started. So, here's the thing. Here's my my point of view. Okay. If a average player, let's say he's an average player. Let's okay. say he's a 7 out of 10 player. All right. Can flop, get more fouls or get fouled more, make more free throws and win more games and become about an 8 out of 10 yeah. player. His player rating goes up. Yeah. yeah. Because he's flopping, why shouldn't better players do it like LeBron. Now LeBron takes it to another level. Okay. That is like <laughs> to the point where it's dumb. Yeah. But everybody does it. Pat Connaughton. You saw him. He did it like three times during the finals game six. Okay. Here's what I'm looking at. It. Now you, this is Gen X talks and you ask for some Gen X point of view. Okay. Yes. So I'm just a dumb mechanic in the middle of the desert with a Gen X point of view. Hold on. 1967. Warning. Do 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 do. Warning. <laughs> you are about Warning. to hear a Gen X personality speak. Okay, I don't know. This is my Gen X point of view, and I'm thinking of it like watching Larry Bird play. I'm thinking of it like uh, watching Kurt Rambis play, James Worthy. Those guys would never, ever flop to increase anything because they would be like, no fucking way am I going to look. I'm not going to score like that. I'm not going to enrich my career like that. I'm not going to win by faking a flop. I'm not going to. It's a lie. It's Flopping is a lie, and I'm not going to do it to win a game. Real men, in my opinion, real basketball players from back then, would never, ever flop because it would be beneath them. Well... That's a that's a tough subject because it's beneath them. we don't know what they would do. What? You can't you can't go back and ask them during that time and be like, "Hey, if flopping was predominant in the league, would you flop to win the game?" That's your now, argument is kind of like, "Well, everybody's doing it, so I'm doing it too." No. That's a very late millennial Gen no, Z thing to say. Everyone's winning off of it. Why couldn't I do it better? That's kind of what everyone nowadays is thinking. <sighs> if I could do it better because you're not going to draw a foul if you tough it out anymore. Okay. Think about that. No, think about that. If you get slapped in the eye and fall down on the floor, are you getting the foul? Yes. Probably, yeah. If you get slapped in the eye and you just walk it off and act like nothing happened, are you going to get the foul? No. Well, it depends on who sees you. Okay. Exactly. That's right. what I'm saying. Okay. Now, back then. Hold on. What I'm saying is that back then, if you got fouled, and you took one to the face where you had to fall down, well, you would do it. You only fell to the floor out of necessity. Whether they saw you or not, whether you got the foul or not, you fell because you got hurt. No one ever lied back then and threw their hands in the air and fell well, 10 steps backwards think, into the stands. Think about it 
as a strategy, as deception. Like they're playing two games, basketball and a game against the refs to try to get them the call. Okay, then don't now, tell me that the NBA is just as tough now when you have people faking injuries. That. I never said that. You did too. I always tell you. In fact, I tell you that the NBA was a brawling, bigger, tougher time back then, and you cite all these Jimmy High Roller videos where he well, proves they weren't. <laughs> well, look, you think that hand-checking was... You're changing the topic. Can we finish with the flopping okay. first? Okay, flopping, flopping, flopping. Just telling you. Go to hand-checking in a Magic minute. Magic and Larry Bird, if it's early in their careers, I think they might adapt and start flopping. No not way. on a, Not on a dramatic scale. We'd never do it. Just like tiny nope. bits. But men if it's already... Were men were men were men. Larry Bird would never flop. If people get better stats and become better players because they flop... They aren't becoming better players. They're just raising their stats. That's all. But it's winning games. Well, I, okay. Games have been won because I people flop. I know. I know. You know, this is a side note. You know what Michael Jordan's symbol is, right? Yeah. His silhouette. Yeah. It's that holding the ball straight up, legs, then yeah. the triangle pose, that thing. Okay. Um, what is, you know what Shaq's silhouette pose is? Yeah. It's, it's him dunking the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got the two hands in the rim. Yeah. And I think... Somebody should create a LeBron shadow pose where he's standing there with his two with his arms out. Like what happened? The what well, happened pose. That should be LeBron. I know it's standing. I know symbol. it's funny. It is funny. But before LeBron started flopping, he was a monster. Have you seen? He's very good. Yeah. And look, you need to see the silhouette of his signature dunk because he has a signature dunk. I know, but right now. The flopping, the, that, that should be his symbol with two hands out like, what's going on? How come we didn't get the call? Every I okay, see that 80 okay, times okay. a game, well, but that should be on him. And here's what makes me mad about LeBron doing it. You look at him and go, dude, you're so good. Did you really have to flop to win too? Did you really have to? You, you are so good. LeBron could have been, dude, I'm good enough. I don't have to flop to improve my stats, to win my games, to improve me. I'm, I'm that good. I don't have to flop. And he went the other way. He's like the king of fake flopping when he could have stood tall and said, I don't need to be that guy. One thing, I think the turning point was 2018. He dragged a team of LeBron. So the 2018 Cavaliers were LeBron and... uh, Kevin Love? No. Yeah, Kevin Love and them. Just random people. I don't even know who was on that team. And it's like... It's... It's, it's if you took bench players. Yeah, off I, of, I'm with you. And then just Kevin Love. drug him into the finals. Yeah, he drug him into the finals through a very heavy Eastern Conference. Right. And then st- I think he still took a game on the t- Warriors. Okay, wh- so where are you going that's, with this? The turning point was then. He, I, don't, I don't remember him flopping that much until after that game or until after that year. He definitely flopped, but it didn't get super bad until after that series. So once he realized... I could flop and win games. Like, I kind of, he wanted, maybe he even needed to do it. I don't want to say he needed it because he no, definitely I, didn't need it. He was, he's such a, that's, there's maybe the defining moment for me when I'm saying my, the players that I grew up watching, they would never lower themselves to do this acting, flopping bullshit. They wouldn't do it. They'd be like, no, I'm not, that's not, no, I'm not going to do that. I think LeBron started out that way. I'm that good. I am this powerful. Mm-hmm. I am extremely talented. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to focus, and I will not. I'm not going to do that. 
and then to to not only embrace it but to to be the best at it and there's some flops where he didn't even get hit they play yeah. those and everybody laughs at him like you dummy you didn't even get hit and you're running around to the refs and they do the replay and it missed him by like four inches not it's it's that you're like oh my god how do you consider yourself to be the best player of all time when you're embracing a practice that the other great players would laugh at there's yeah. just no way um, that's my opinion on mm-hmm. flopping well okay back to what i said earlier hand checks hand check okay look Des- hand describe a hand check real quick for those who aren't no you describe a hand check in your terms there's no such thing as hand checking okay all you're doing is putting your hand on the other guy's hip when he's backing up. You're hand checking. Why? Because the hips always tell you which way the player's going to go. Not a head fake. Do you do it? Not eyes. Not the ball. Not your shoulders. It's their waist. If their waist doesn't turn, they're not going that way. Face to face. Can you do that? <sighs> no. Well, you could, but there's. If you put your hand. If you. If I try to hand check you from the front, which is dumb. I'm too close. Because you don't want to be that close on someone face to face unless they're done dribbling, but the other part is is that if you're that close and you put your hand out, they can take the ball with both hands and swipe it back and forth, and you've hit them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you well, you wouldn't do that. You draw a foul. Hand checking was obliterated, demolished, exterminated, <laughs> executed, okay, gotten rid of. I heard you <laughs> out of the NBA in 1977, around there. So the whole 80s, the whole 90s, up to 2004, yeah. there was a hand check foul. I'm going to show okay. you the motion for it. Like right. this. Yeah. That's a hand check foul. Sure. So hand checking was not a thing. You can't hand check. Defense was no hand checks. Now. But what is a hand check to you? I told you what I thought. A hand check to me is putting it on your waist, putting it on your back. like just. So checking. you just don't think you can touch the other player while they're moving, just not allowed? You're not allowed to hold them. You can touch them. There's like a little push and back and forth, right. obviously. Well, but you can't hold them. Right, of course not. So that's what hand checking is. And I went back to a LeBron game. This is also after I watched the Jimmy High Roller video. Of I course w- it is. I went back to... Jimmy High Roller is your god. No. His videos are your mecca where no. you kneel and pray. No. <laughs> so I went to a Jordan game like he did. And I watched and counted how many hand check fouls. And then I looked at the fouls against the Pistons. And like what he found, they weren't even that bad of fouls. They were just normal fouls like you'd see today. Okay. So were hard fouls common? Okay. You kind of lost me. What, okay. Were hard fouls common? Compar- like, like common back I, then. So I don't, out of every foul... Like, out of every 10 fouls, how many were hard fouls? Oh, I don't know. But I, I would say, yeah, there was... I, looking... Okay, let me describe it this way. Looking at the NBA today versus then, I don't think there was any more fouling then than there is now because you got you only get so many and you're in foul trouble. Your team's in foul trouble. Um, I don't think there was probably more hard fouls then than now. They're probably about the same. Um, maybe a little more because they really throw technicals at you now. Mm-hmm. For those, so maybe, maybe, maybe because yeah. of that rule. But let's say it's even, okay? They're about even fouls then for teams, even foul, hard, hard fouls now for teams. Here's the difference, I think. When you're under the basket and you're going for a rebound and there's three or four guys going for the ball and someone gets called on a foul or a hard foul back then, there's blood on the ground. 
when you're in there, you aren't just hard fouling. You are wrestling, knocking your knees, are intentionally hitting the other guy in the thigh. I mean, you're stepping on people. You're, you're playing street ball. And those guys in the NBA, when it came down to the wire and they were trying to win that game, and it, especially if it was in a championship game, those little hard fouls you get right now, okay, hard foul, three guys under the hoop, blah, 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 blah. Nothing like the hard fouls back then. It was not uncommon for fouls back then to turn into a fucking fight. I mean, it was bad. And you, I seen Larry Bird huck a ball at another dude under the basket like, you motherfucker, and threw it right at his face. He's, he, that was the scrap that was going on. That was when you went in there. You knew, well, what was the Michael Jordan rule? Michael Jordan goes up for the hoop, hurt him. Pistons, they said, take him down. He's going to get fouled. Hurt him. They were not, anytime you went up in the, in the paint in there, they were going to hurt you. You're going to get the foul, but it was going to hurt. I don't think he's like that as much today. It's, it, it, and the games played different. But um, you want to talk about number of hard fouls? Maybe the same yeah. to answer your question. But let me tell you, <laughs> the, the 50 fists that were thrown under the basket and you, <laughs> and you came out with one hard foul on somebody versus maybe three fists thrown today with one okay. hard foul, that's well, the difference I see. Another argument we get into is, let's say a team from nowadays played a team back then who yeah. would win. And one <sighs> thing I always say is that if the teams are about evenly matched or at least close, yeah, the newer team will almost always win because, or not almost always, probably 75% of the time because of zone defense. Yeah. That is a thing that you couldn't do in the eighties. You had to stick to your man or complete, right. completely double. Couldn't play both ways. So a zone defense would be very hard because it forces a three point shot. Yeah. And back then they weren't really used to shooting threes. You no. know, it was, sh- it was seen as a spectacle, you know, like a, yeah. a show off. Right. So, well, I think that would be a defining thing. So go, it, let me go back to the basic question you asked, which, you know, which team would win or how would they play against each other? Um, I think they're better athletes today. I think they groom, shape, exercise, medicate. They sculpt an athlete to play baseball, basketball, football. So I think they're tuned, like you say. The other one is, is that, um, you guys, I say you guys, yeah. your league, the one you, the one you invented, <laughs> your league doesn't have, doesn't seem to appreciate a big man in the center. Some teams do, but they're hard to find. There are Nikola Jokic, traditional big man. Yeah. But he's a playmaker. He can be both like Kevin Durant. If he put on some weight, he could be a traditional big man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's like DeAndre Aiden, traditional big man. Now, see, that, and that's mom's favorite player right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's really talented and big and can move around. And he's young. But he's got to be in the paint. He can be. But they don't. But most, most of the teams, the most offenses I see your, your generation run, they don't, they don't run in the paint. They're like, shoot a three and then head down the court. Nobody, nobody crashes the board. For a rebound, it's like hold no on, one ever heard the on, term "follow your shot." Hold on, you're saying that because you watched Game Six and the rest of the finals, and the Suns didn't rebound because they were playing a small lineup. Now, the most no crashing boards that yeah. you saw, this is pretty much what the lineup was. It was Booker, Paul, um, Macau Bridges, Macau Michael, whatever, and the Russian. Uh, Kaminsky yeah. or Aiden, interchangeable. Right. And Jay Crowder. I'm surprised you didn't yell at me for saying Russian. It's because he's a, 
He's actually American, but his heritage is Polish and Serbian. Serbian. Yeah. So out of that five, I yeah. stated the start, not really starting five, but the five you saw mm-hmm. the most, DeAndre Aiden and Frank Kaminsky were the only two players, and they were never on the same court at the same time. So you always had one player crashing the boards, which is not good if you want rebounds. Okay, but I will say that I'm I'm getting I'm having that opinion from all the NBA games I watched. But not only that, it's when I grew up playing ball, follow your shot, follow your shot, follow your shot, follow your shot. When we shot, you 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 start running in for that rebound, well, no matter who you are. I don't care where you're shooting from. One thing. It kind of started with a Showtime Lakers and pushed on to more fast break based teams like the Seven Seconds or Less Suns. Yeah. That if you want to stop the fast break, not everybody goes only. You got to get back. If you are close to the three point line, you have to get back. That's okay. what they push a lot nowadays is get back, get back, okay. get back. I can see where you're going with that. Yeah. Like me, I used to be a guard. I'm not really a guard anymore. I'm more of a forward. Yeah. Uh, I used to never go in for rebounds unless I was close. No, I was the only dad in the stands yelling, follow your shot. Because, <laughs> like, you shoot the ball, they tell you if you're a guard and you shoot the ball. Yeah, fall back. Get back on defense. Right. Like, sprint back on defense. That's what they say. Uh, nowadays, I'm a forward. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's I grew a little, little bit different. Yeah. Bong. You put on some height and some weight. Yeah, so now I can uh, play well, you, down in the post a little but bit. But you get where I'm talking about Yeah. That. It's following your shot. It's rebounding. It's like, how can you, you they, know, how do you complain about your team not getting the rebounds when only one guy goes in for it? Yeah, I think there's a thing uh, that most offenses do. Like, you see, hold on, how do I explain this? You see the other team not crashing the boards as much. They're playing back defense. Yeah. They hang out under the basket, not even jumping for the rebound, saving their energy, playing it slow. Or... They immediately crash the rebounds and try to beat them to the other end. Okay, yeah, I could see, I could see that. Yeah, there's two ways they play but that. But you, I just, it's such a different, and I and I know ba- basketball evolves. The '60s was different from the '80s. The '80s was different from the 2000s. I mean, you're talking about 20 years apart. Yeah, the game is going to be played different. The same with football. I got it. I think that the NBA is going to move away from three-point shots because everyone can shoot it. That's, that that means is everyone. so annoying and when I see people come down. It, it's almost like some of the games we were watching, even the regular season games, when I was asking you about players and I was asking you about teams, you know, stuff I didn't. I was trying to catch up on and learn a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it, you're telling me, oh, this guy's a starting for them. He shoots threes. Oh, and that's their other guy. He shoots threes. And this guy, he's bringing the ball. He shoots threes. I'm like, holy shit, you just named like four guys on their team that all shoot threes. Yeah. It's almost like you come it, down and <laughs> work the ball to an open three. And then leave. If you make it or not, leave and go back and that's well, it. One thing that is kind of crazy, in NBA 2K, they have three-point ratings. I think the average three-point rating in two, 2015 was like 80, maybe. Okay. Probably lower. Now, I think it was 87, 88. Everyone is really good at shooting threes. The three-point contest, you can have anybody... On any team. But don't you but you know, kids do that now. Kids grow up like you practicing threes. Because it was the new thing. Trainers yeah. were like, This is gonna be the new thing. Everyone needs to work on threes. And Adam Silver won't won't add a four point line, even though I think that will fix the NBA. Because okay, everyone, how would a four point you better you better explain that to me like I'm a three year old okay. or a golden retriever. How would a four so, point line fix anything? So four point line, they've already mapped out where it's gonna go. Okay. It would go from the two hash marks as an arc. Inbound the ball. Yeah, as an arc. 
All right. I think that would fix it because it would spread out offenses even more or spread out defenses even more, making the lanes wide open. So more two-point shots. And everyone's going to work toward four points. So if everybody got good at four points, your your defense would have to come out to contest it a little bit. So then you you wouldn't want to give them free shots if they were good at it. Yeah, and then you'd need a traditional big man again to stop the lanes. Yeah. Hmm. What would you think about? And this is totally off the wall, but what would you think about if you if you were trying to if you're Adam Silver and you're trying to drive the game back inside? Now that's one way you say mm-hmm. open up the four point. They have to. The lanes will be open. That's gonna, you know, they're gonna be driving in more. All right. What if they made something like a four-point box under the basket, so the teams were like, "Hey, we're gonna get four points under there, or three points under the basket." Yeah, a three-point dunk. They did three points under the basket and say, you know, let's. Oh, they're giving us three points in this one square in the paint. Let's design some plays to uh, to that go back inside. It could be even the key, a three-point key. Still a little big though. What if you did a three Half the key. three point dunk? Yeah. So fast breaks, anything, and it would. Oh my god! It would make people contest dunks. I hate that. I want posters. <laughs> I want posterizers. And people are like, "Oh man, that guy's going up for a dunk. I don't, don't want to go up there for it." You know. I, I was just trying it. to find a way to force the game back inside. Now, Adam Silver, I don't think will do that. I don't think he will make drastic changes, just minor rule changes. Do you remember what I said the other day? I, th- I threw it out there watching basketball and just off the cuff I threw it out and you you raised an eyebrow you're like, "Yeah, I might be in favor of that." It's if if you flop, if you get hit in the face and you flop on the ground, if you actually hit the ground and hold your face, then you need medical attention. Yeah, if you're, Automatically, if you go down on the ground, you're out of the game for three minutes. Yeah, let's say you're on the ground for 15 seconds. Not even that. You hit the ground, you're, you're done. One sec- I'm not going to have someone counting on the ground. That makes it complicated. If you get hit and you go down... Penalty box. You're out of the game. Well, we have to get you medical attention and yeah. make sure you're okay. I mean, if you got hit so hard, you're down on the ground holding your face and rubbing your eyes, then go sit on the sideline for three minutes. Otherwise, don't fucking flop. That's uh, It that's, would sure stop a lot of flopping. It is, a, it is a good idea. We should call Adam Silver. Yeah, I'll call him after the podcast. Say, hey, look, buddy, here's what we're going to do. I think David Stern's a better commissioner. He made changes... He rigged a draft. He uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good old tradition of the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did a lot of stuff that really helped the NBA with expansion teams and moving around. I hate that he vetoed the Chris Paul trade. Yeah. That was kind of annoying for Lakers fans. Well, that's my idea. I threw that out thinking about it, but if you flop you're out for a little while. If it's if you're hit that hard, then you need to spend some time out of the game making sure you're okay, sweetie. Making sure you're not... I mean, you, you got hit so hard you fell down. You got to make sure you're okay. I think it would stop people from flopping. I think so too, but it definitely should be more like a time-based thing because I want to see a WWE-like person out there just, <laughs> one, two, three, he's out. Get him in the have one box. have one ref who's the wrestling ref. He comes yeah, and he like there. jumps in there. <laughs> He's got long hair and a leather jacket. Get out one. <laughs> That'd yeah. be funny. And it's not really a box. You just sit at the end of the bench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I wish you get a little stopwatch, a little timer. The things that 
the things that off the top that bother me is one that everybody shoots threes and that's like all your offense is. And I and I know, I get it. I'm not I'm not mad about it. It's just a little discouraging to watch it. It's, that's one. It's swinging back. I think the pendulum, like you say, thing? it's pendulum. It's swinging back because now that everyone can shoot threes, everyone knows how to guard them. Yeah. Everyone knows how to guard threes. No one knows how to guard on the paint. All you need to do to stop threes, or no, it's not make not super simple. Obviously, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, is don't run a zone. Everyone ran a zone because everyone was in the paint, so everyone learned to shoot threes. Now everyone's gonna stop running zones. Yeah, then everyone's gonna shoot in the paint. You know, what Kareem <laughs> Abdul Jabbar said he's like. He goes, uh, his thing was, listen, the closer you are to the basket, the easier it is to make a basket. Well, yeah, that's common sense. I mean, if you're right here, one foot from the basket, you can make 10 out of 10. And then 10 feet away, and then 20 feet away, and then 30 feet away. What's easier? Well, right when you're next to it. He goes, okay, give me the ball, because I'm <laughs> right here. And yeah. I'm going to make, he's, he was right, you're gonna, I'm going to make like 90% of them. Well, look and at that guy, what was that guy, Aiden? What was Aiden. Yeah, what was he shooting? Eighty-seven percent from the paint. Yeah, I mean he just Giannis Antetokounmpo shot seventy-five percent from the paint, and he shoots way more than DeAndre Aiden. That's all Giannis shoots. Is well, mostly layups and dunks. Giannis is a freak of nature to That's be. Why they call him the Greek freak? Oh, they do. Yeah, they call him <laughs> the Greek freak. Well, he is absolutely one of the all-around best players I've I've seen God, in a long time. I, I need to show you that interview and of him. I like the fact that he's humble about it. Mm-hmm. I really do. He's not walking around. He he. What he what was that that picture I sent you? Mm-hmm. He won his first finals quicker than Jordan and quicker than LeBron. Yeah, and he's not walking around being an ass about it. He's he's very humble. He's grateful. He's he's he, thankful. A story about him, not the interview that I want to show you. Yeah, story about him is that his his teammates wanted them to have a PS4, and Giannis grew up very poor in yeah. Greece. And he got a PS4, set it all up, started playing 2K, and he said it didn't feel right, so he he gave it away. He gave away his PS4 because he's like, I don't want this. It's too good. Ah, uh, yeah. And that is a good quality to have, you know, that he doesn't... Turn your phone yeah. off. <laughs> Turn my phone off. Who put their phone in here? Turn it off. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I need to show you the interview of him in 2013. He was 18 years old. And didn't really speak English, and he's like, "My name is Yannis Antetokounmpo, and uh, <laughs> I am an all-around player." He's like, "Where, where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, a much better player all around." <laughs> and he was an all-star in 2018. Five years later, he was. I like this is, and this is. I hate bringing this up, but I'm going to do it again. He is such a phenomenal, good player, but he is also such a good person. I'm not talking about you give money to charity and take it off your taxes like a lot of NBA players do. Oh, look Mm -hmm. what I did. I gave a million dollars. Yeah, well, you had to because you're going to get taxed on it anyway. No, this guy gives from his heart. He feels. Mm -hmm. He's grateful. He's not arrogant. And I love that in a player. That's that's what separates the greatest of all time people are the ones who walk around, you know, giving back and feeling grateful where they are. And one thing, I don't want Giannis to be the greatest of all time. He's not American. <laughs> That's why I noticed some of the top, like, 15 players in the league, which would usually be on the Olympic team. Right. Like, eight of them are European. Damn it. So I'm like, oh, man. 
Oh uh, yeah, put Luca. Oh, he's not <laughs> from. Uh, uh, yeah, put Yoke. Oh, he's also not from here. Rudy Gobert. Oh, hey, you know what? If they earn the spot, man, they yeah. earn the spot. That's that's what's great about America. You want to come here and you want to contribute and strive and be the best. You can. We're not gonna. No one's gonna hold you back because you're not American. Do it, man. Get in One there. One thing that sets Giannis so far apart from LeBron is a Giannis hasn't left Milwaukee. He looks like he's going to stay in Milwaukee because Milwaukee gave him a chance, drafting him 15th Yeah. when he was projected to go, I think, 27th, like super low. They took a chance on him, and he is very grateful for that. I hope he stays. I like it. You know, that's the other thing when we talk about differences in generations. When I grew up, um, players stayed with teams. You know, your quarterback was also – your quarterback for your, your team but also quarterbacked your favorite high school. You know, they stayed in the neighborhoods. They stayed in the cities. They stayed in the towns. Oh, there was people jumping. There was a, there was a Yankee named Jumpin' Joe, and all he did was jump from team to team back in the, in the 20s or 30s because whoever paid him, he went. All right, there's always players that move around. But the core of your team, you know, Jack mm-hmm. Youngblood played for the Rams for like 13 years. The, the core of the Warriors right now, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steph Curry have been there forever. Well, and look at even the Dodgers, the Dodgers infield. Um, Steve Garvey, Ron Say, Davey Lopes, Steve Yeager, Even Bill now. Russell. They played together 10 years wow. on a baseball team. That is that's, crazy. That's, like, that's something, man. No, you're never mm-hmm. going to see stuff like that again. Well, like sticking with the same team your entire career. Kobe did it. Dirk Nowitzki. 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 Yeah, but, one. But they, but the, okay, that's like saying, well, he, wow, what dedication Kobe stayed with the Lakers. Uh, it's the Lakers, and you're in Los <laughs> Angeles. Well, Mavericks, Dallas, you know. Yeah. Well, Dirk Nowitzki, Nowitzki, either one. I always get them mixed up. Uh, he played 21 years with no the Mavericks. Way. Kobe no. played 20 years. If Kobe didn't retire, he probably could have squeaked out two more years. Yeah, maybe. He was but he never quite played the same after his injury though. D. Wade was on his way, I think it was twenty eighteen. He went to the Bulls for a year and then he went to the Cavs for a year. But then he rounded it all I thought he was gonna be like Shaq where he bounced from team to team to team to team. Right. But D. Wade brought it all back, came back to Miami for a farewell like season, which was really nice. So he spent most like Pretty much his entire career there. But the reason he went to the Bulls, because it was his hometown. Right. He went to the Cavs because he wanted to play with LeBron one more time. And then he just rounded it all out. Well, players, I like it. I like it when players go a long time, like when Kareem did his farewell tour. Mm-hmm. You know, every city he went to, there was, a, it, it, even if you hated the Lakers, you he was hate just, the Lakers. It, he was just an influential player. It was a standing ovation. I love that, that, that where you respect the person, even if you're, you know, against the team. So mm-hmm. what? You know, it's, it's just he's seven foot three, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's just really tall. I said, did you see him at the Bucks championship, like game six? He was standing around with, among everybody, and he's like a foot taller. <laughs> he's just like, hi. Yeah, well, I missed that sky hook. Kareem's just a nice guy. I wonder if he can still do the sky hook. I'm sure he can. Hey, did you hear that joke that was uh, that someone has a joke that story where they asked Michael Jordan said, "Hey, Michael Jordan, you and the '98 Bulls versus the Lakers right now, would you win?" He goes, "We'd lose 105 to 102." 
And the guy says, really? You guys would lose to the Lakers? 105, 102? And Jordan goes, well, yeah, we're all in our 50s now. (laughs) (laughs) There was a... (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) I remember seeing, I was watching um, First Take, ESPN First Take. Yeah, with that guy I hate. Stephen A. Smith. That guy. And I can't think of the other guy's name, even though he's my favorite. And they did a poll... Who would win? LeBron James right now. Yeah. And this was in like 2016, 2015. LeBron James right now or Michael Jordan at 50 years old right now. Who would win? And I'm like, why are you even asking this question? Well, And then they put a Twitter poll, like usual, just Twitter poll. Right. And I was thinking this is going to be 100% to zero. Well, and what, what, how old is LeBron right now? He's like. at In 2015, he was like. 31, 32. Okay, yeah. He's obviously going to win. Obviously. It's like prime. Yeah, it's not. 75% said that Michael Jordan at 50 years old could beat a prime LeBron. Those are stickler Gen Xers who will not. Hey, 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 you watch how you address my generation. They, those people are either stupid or doing it as a joke. And I hope it was a joke. And then, you want to know how many people responded? Over 30,000. No. What are you doing? <laughs> what? Are you? <sighs> that is a I'm lot. Gonna, I'm going to stop. <laughs> That's a My, lot. <laughs> I already have a headache. It's just making it worse. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's something. They asked uh, They asked Michael Jordan, I guess it was last year, he was at a camp and a reporter stood up and said, hey, a prime Michael Jordan, could you beat a prime LeBron James one-on-one? He even hesitate. Jordan looks at him with confused, looked like, yeah, absolutely I could. I mean, without even a doubt, without even any reservation. So anyway, well, all right. So uh, we're, not gonna, we're not going to get into your top five Lakers, my top five Lakers. Yeah, yeah. that's another. Actually, do you want to do that real fast? I'm do it real fast. Okay. Okay. Top five Lakers. All right. My, what, if you had a best Lakers starting five. You know, I hate doing this with you because when I pick, you're like, Okay, then who do you have for a forward? Ah, okay. Well, then what are you going to do about it? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, just picking. Just a starting five. Just okay. a starting five. So you have two guards, preferably yeah. a point guard, shooting guard, two forwards, preferably a small forward, power forward, and then center. I hate to pick LeBron as one of them, but I have to because he's that good. Yeah. Um, but after that, I would go. You know, I could probably even do it without LeBron. Yeah, I'd do it without LeBron I'd too. Say, I'd say I'd, I'd want to go without LeBron just because I don't like the man he is at all. Well, I'm thinking the Lakers version of himself. I don't want Lakers LeBron. He's not as good as Cavs, Cavs LeBron. Or okay. Definitely not so Miami go, Heat LeBron. I'd go Kobe, Magic. Yeah. Toss-up for me between Kareem and Wilt Chamberlain. I'll go Kareem in his prime. We're picking everybody in their prime, right? Yeah. Okay. So I go Kobe, Magic, Kareem, Come on. Elgin Baylor. Okay. And James Worthy. Those are my five. Not Shaq. Oh, fuck Shaq. God damn it. <laughs> uh. That's why I said, I was like, I'm stuck between Kareem and I was thinking my head and Shaq. And you're like, Wilt Chamberlain. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Not the two you were thinking I was picking. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking Kareem and Wilt and you were thinking Kareem do you and want, Shaq. Do you want my starting five? I, I, okay, but I'm. I might bring to light some more Lakers you might want to choose. We, I might, not this discussion, but after we're done, we, I may have to pick a starting five and a 
my and a bench. bench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, go. You're starting five Lakers. Starting go. five. Yeah. Point guard, Magic Johnson. Okay. Shooting guard, Jerry West. Okay. Small forward, Kobe. All right. Power forward. I mean, Jerry West, huh? Really? Jerry West? I know. I, He's I know. really good. I watched him. Oh, man. Uh, power, forward, power forward. Who do I put a power forward? Okay, center. I want. Hold on. Who do you got? You got Jerry West, Magic, Magic Johnson, Johnson, Kobe. Kobe. Okay. Actually, I don't want Magic running the point. I want Jerry West running the point. Okay. And then I want. Tough call. This is so tough. Yeah, I'd probably want. That's a good small forward besides James Worthy. Because as soon as I say James Worthy, you're like, hey, hey, this James Worthy Finals MVP. Hey, James Worthy was the man. Yes, I know he was really good, but you know, you're you make him out to be better than Magic. He's Hall of Fame plus one. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um. Okay, center. I want Kareem. Power forward. I want Shaq. You're gonna put Kareem and Shaq in there. They're gonna play the blocks. That wouldn't work. They'd have to rotate in and out of the corners. Oh yeah. Hold on. No. Get rid of Shaq. Just Kareem. <laughs> so now I need a power forward. No, I need a small forward. You just need a, f- a fifth guy and shut you up. You know. You know what? Unpopular opinion. Elgin Baylor. <laughs> I forgot about him. I, I remembered. He's not really, he's the Michael Jordan of his time. Yeah, he's you stole that from me. I did not steal that from I you. I told you that like two no, years ago. We both heard it. that on the radio, and you just started. No, saying it. you took it from me. I did not. Oh my god. Elgin Baylor, okay. Michael Jordan of his time. Copyright. I almost <laughs> said my name, Gen Z kid. I almost said copyright, Gen Z kid's name. All right, so those are, that's our NBA stuff. We're coming up on 50 minutes with the intro and stuff. It's going to be a little longer. We'll start at the music. We'll say goodbye to everybody. This was been... Oh, wait, I have a, I have a phrase. An NBA thing. I have what? a phrase. Oh, your stupid email us phrase and they get something? Yeah, basketballs fall upwards. Basketballs fall, fall upwards. upwards. Okay, so if you know that phrase, you say that phrase in our comments section or email Gen X Mom with... Basketballs fall upwards. Then you will get a bumper sticker or something stupid. Hell, I'll just mail you Gen Z kid in the mail and you can have them. All right, so that's it. The music's going. We're saying goodbye. Everybody had a good time. It was NBA's talk without Gen X mom. Yeah, but no Gen X mom. All right, say goodbye. Bye. All right, America, this is the train wreck that you can't look away from, the podcast you don't want. But you got stuck with it, and so did we. You're welcome. We'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah.